What's going on, guys? Welcome to the Small World Business Podcast. My name is Justin Colzo. I'm here with my co-host. Dan Poku. It's a small world and business connects us all. So buckle up and let's grow together. Welcome back, guys. Episode 15 this week. Took a uh, short hiatus last week. Dan, you had some miscellaneous travels going on. I honestly just felt like you and I could both use a reset. Been a few weeks since we've had one. Right, right. It was uh, well needed. Like you said, a lot going on. It was, and it all worked out, uh, you know, except for the fact that now we're sitting here doing this virtually and, and you don't know how to work a camera, so I'm, <laughs> I'm staring at a black screen. <laughs> I'm blaming my computer. I think it's uh, it's finally kicked, uh, kicked the can, so I think it's time for a new one. Um, yeah, whatever whatever you say, man. Uh-huh. Uh, real quick, I mean, I do, I, I want to touch on last week's episode, I thought, or not last week, Jesus, the, yeah, the week well. before. Uh, <laughs> Week episode fourteen, the one with Colton, right? Uh, I loved it. I thought it was a great conversation. Yeah, thought it was really powerful, really moving. Colton can do a lot of cool things, uh, so certainly want to. You know, I'm very grateful that he was able to come on and made time for that. What What were your What was your take on that? I'm curious here. It was It was good. I even um, on uh, Instagram, like hit him in the DMs. Was like, yo, man, like that was a lot of insightful information on my part because it was like a lot of the things that he said were like, man, I'd never, you know, thought about that. Like even when it came to, you know, he said he was at the gym and he listens to like motivational speakers sometimes instead of music. I was like, you know what, let me try that out. And so <laughs> I tried it out like uh, that week afterwards. And I was like, man, you really get, you know, a pump going, like listen to like motivational speakers while trying to work out at the same time. It like definitely helps. Um, but even like other things he was saying, like how, you know, his faith kind of helped him through, you know, all the trials and tribulations he's kind of been through in life and how he kind of now uses that to kind of help others is like very inspirational and kind of like, you know, definitely helps me you know, as a person want to grow and continue to, you know, help those around me. You've never listened to motivational speakers while you work out? That surprises no. me. Yeah, straight music, straight music. Oh, dude, I I love it. I listen to really? podcasts. I listen to motivational speakers. Yeah, I mean, country music. I listen to anything. I don't. <laughs> I do, you have to change it up sometimes, for sure. But how about yourself? Like, what are your uh, the key nuggets or you know tidbits that you kind of took away from that? I mean, I loved it. I mean, I think yeah. that you know it kind of gave me flashbacks to the conversation with Matt Ballard. Yeah, similar. Yeah. Yeah, and, and the thing is that they're, they're so very close, and I think that the reason behind that is their mindsets are so similar. And so, I mean, I, I'm actually looking back at some of my notes, um, just kind of reading back through them, because page 14 happens to be right next to page 15 in my notebook. And, you know, I, I take notes when we have, more so when we have guests on than when it's just you and me spitballing. Right. But a couple things really stick out to me, and it's just a couple of the quick sayings that he had. Uh you know, and the first was be a man of value. Mm. And, and I love that because I think that's something that everyone needs to strive for. Uh, and that's just something that everything, that it, it's, it's purpose at the end of the day. Right. You know, being a man of value is nothing more than just being a man that strives to accomplish his purpose, in my opinion. Right, right. Yeah, being of integrity too kind of goes, you know, hand in hand with that. Yeah, exactly. 100%. Yeah. One of the other things, and it's something that I don't, I haven't thought of in a while, mm-hmm. but he brought up "Man in the Arena," which is a Teddy Roosevelt. Mm-hmm. I've always loved it. Mm-hmm. Uh, "Man in the Arena" is something that it's very powerful for those of you that haven't read it or don't know what I'm talking about or didn't know what Colt was talking about. I love, I love "Man in the Arena." I love the quote. I love the meaning behind it. Okay. But bringing that up to me was very powerful. Uh, two other things. One was the sentence, a very brief saying that action, actions come from identity. Mm. And it was, I mean, that one spoke to me for sure. I was like, wow. I mean, that's, that's just a very, it's four words, but it's so powerful in my eyes. Right. That it's just like who you really believe that you are and act as. Mm -hmm. Well, excuse me, who you really believe you are is how you're going to act. Does that make sense? Who you believe you are. Okay. Yeah. Is going to, is going to lead to how you act. Okay. 
if I believe I'm a good Christian man, I'm going to tend to act okay. with good Christian actions. Right. If I believe I'm a scumbag, I'm going to act like a scumbag because it fits right. the narrative. True. Your True. actions come from your identity. It's it's a self-fulfilling prophecy in a sense, I think. Yeah. And then the other thing, uh, and I actually have it circled a couple times on my notebook, is a saying from the Bible, and I, I can't remember who said it in the Bible. Colton was much better at, at pulling the names and the words out that I was, but just the saying that I am that I am. Mm. You know, believing in who you are and knowing it without a doubt, regardless of your situation or who you're with or anything along those lines, right. it, it just it speaks volume. Colton is a motivational speaker for a reason. I mean, we'll just yeah. you know, call a spade a spade. Right, right. He definitely had me fired up after the uh, the conversation for sure. Even to the point that I went to my uh, mentoring event and I was like talking to one of the, he, we have an intern, intern that's helping us out with this program that we just initiated. And he was like, you know, he wants to get into investment banking. He was like asking me questions and I was just like, all right, let me kind of use what Colton had just, you know, ran us through as far as like aspiring those that kind of want to, you know, not be in your same footsteps, but kind of um, have interest in what you're doing. So I sat and talked to this kid for like maybe an hour or oh, so. Wow. He just like was had multiple questions. This was like, I'm sorry, I'm asking so many questions. I was like, no, nah, man, like keep asking me questions. Like, I don't mind. But um, I say that to say that, you know, with Colton, his conversation that we had definitely fired me up and definitely I used that to kind of, you know, go into my mentoring event and, you know, talk to that young man. So it, it definitely helped me in the long run. But yeah, so many gems that I took from that episode, so many quotes that he had that I was like, man, that's a good quote. So many Bible verses. It was just, it's very, you know, a, a good conversation. Oh, I um, loved it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and with that being said, I mean, I think you and I, we, we tend to kind of recap these, these guest experiences after usually the following weeks. So I think that's important to keep doing. Right. Um, but, you know, we're, we're talking this week for a reason. Let's get into the, the meat and potatoes of this week, if you will. Um, you know, I, I wanted to really touch heavy on what I call daydreaming. Hmm. And you can call it daydreaming. You can call it envisioning. Uh, I think we've touched on it a little bit when we talked about having goals. I think that they kind of go hand in hand. All right. But let's touch on daydreaming. I think that it's very important. Okay. Uh, not just in, in business, but I think that it's important in life. It's important in school and work. Mm-hmm. everything relationships all of it all right now when i when i say daydreaming yeah can you define that for the audience i'm getting there man <laughs> the uh, don't know. <laughs> I, so for me generally speaking daydreaming is all about having a a picture perfect clear image in your brain of where something is leading okay and that Goes several different ways. <clears throat> Excuse me. Goes several different ways. You know, if you're in a relationship, it's envisioning yourself proposing at the perfect moment. Hmm. If you're, I can hear my dog growling in the background. If you're, you know, you got a kid, it's picturing your kid going off to college and starting a family or whatever. You're in business, it's the moment that you sell, you have your first big deal. If you're in sales, it's the moment you make your first million dollar sale and have a huge commission check. It's picturing the big house and the boat and all of these things that everyone views when they think of a good, successful life. Mm-hmm. With that, I think everyone's definition of success is very different, so that's an important thing to keep in mind. Right. Maybe yeah. your daydreaming isn't a boat. Uh, my daydreaming is and always has been buying back my grandfather's lake house. I think we've touched on it briefly before. Mm-hmm. That's my daydreaming, having that, having boats and stuff out there and my whole family running around my daydreaming is having my personal training company back up and running completely online with some rebranding all right which is which is in the works slowly but surely eventually (laughs) you know my daydream and you've touched on it you've told me a million times that my brain moves at a million miles an hour all right Uh, Right. which is good so my daydreams are always changing and evolving and all of these things right but I've always got one going. Okay. And I'm, I'm curious, what does daydreaming, A, mean to you, mm-hmm. but B, what does daydreaming look like to you? 
So I, when you sent me that text that you wanted to talk about, you know, envisioning and daydreaming, the j- daydreaming part, I went back to like when I was a kid. And you know, how like as a kid, you're constantly daydreaming. You're like, you know, when I get into the, the league and start playing basketball as a professional or, you know, you see a car roll by, that's like the nicest car. You're like, oh man, I can't wait to have that same car when I get, you know, this certain age. And I'm like, when I became, I guess, different stages in life, but definitely when you become an adult, I feel like at times you kind of lose sight of that daydreaming as a kid, you know? And it becomes like, not that you get discouraged by life, but at times I feel like life events get in the way. So it was like, all right, say if I had that, you know, as a kid, that dream of, you know, playing in the NBA, but then, you know, in high school, I didn't make the high school team or in college, I didn't make the college team. So it was like, well, I can't believe in that anymore. So it's, it's kind of like it takes a toll on your ability to dream, I feel like. Um, but at times, you have to shift that, you know, that daydreaming quality. So it's like, for me, it's like now and I'm like, all right, well, you know, the nonprofit has started. So like I can see myself having that first, you know, single parent going through the program and having that first success story. Okay. Now I can see myself as a, you know, successful you know, business owner or investor, you know, because I want to get to the point to where it's like, you know, I'm not so much working anymore, but um, I'm living off my investments. So whether it be like small businesses, you know, stocks, X, Y, and Z. Um, but yeah, just going back to it, it was like, I feel like as a kid, he was like, you constantly were daydreaming, you know, you constantly were like thinking like, all right, baby, my dog wants to play now and then I'm <laughs> trying to do something. But um yeah, so you constantly daydream as a kid, and then as you get older, it becomes like a foreign, you know, thing as an adult. Um, but I feel like at times you can still, you know, kind of play into that daydreaming, you know, aspect, whether it be, you know, all right, well, that NBA career didn't work out, so all right, let me focus on being like a motivational speaker, or let me focus on, you know, being a, a coach, or um, um, whatever the case may be. Uh, so for me, it's like, it's still something that I use, but, um, when you definitely sent me that text, I was like, when was the last time I kind of like daydreamed about, you know, a goal or accomplishing something? Um, and it's been a minute. So it was like, you know, I kind of had to like think, I'm like, all right, well, um, I guess, yeah, like I said, like the nonprofit is definitely was a dream of mine to start. And so it started. So like, all right, what's the next, I guess, goal that I want to accomplish? Um, so I guess I I answer your question in that or yeah no and you did and you actually brought something up that I hadn't even thought of and it's weird that I that I said I haven't thought of it I you know we talk a lot about the stuff that we listen to because I'm a big believer that you need to constantly be learning right you and I talk and we talk and even on the podcasts about what we listen to what we read all that good stuff Hmm. I've mentioned a couple times that my two biggest podcasts have really been Diary of the CEO, which I talk on all the time, right? And then HWMF, Hardworking Motherfucker, and I have kind of pulled away from that one a little while. Okay. While I was really, really heavy in Diary of the CEO, hmm. recently have kind of been getting back into HWMF because a few reasons. Diary of the CEO is relatively buttoned up as a podcast. HWMF, as you can tell by the name, is not. Okay. Uh, you know, it's an old bodybuilder, and it's a guy that now runs uh, Ironmans. Like, they are shooting from the hip. They are dropping F-bombs. They don't care. All right. Uh, I mean, their holding company is the two of them, who are they're like best friends, is the two of them and two of their other buddies. And the holding company is 4DH, and it stands for four dickheads. Oh my. That is a holding company that is probably worth well over several million dollars. Really? Wow. It's and it's ridiculous, but I have kind of been in a funk lately where I've just kind of been like, okay, I need to kind of switch things up, get back in a groove, whatever the case is. And so I switched back over to HWMF lately. And I listen to podcasts from beginning moving forward. So I started the oldest episodes, move closer to the newest ones. Okay. So I've been in the part with HWMF where they had COVID. So everything's kind of locked down. They can't have guests on all this stuff. Well, I'm now at the point, after listening to a handful of episodes over the last couple of weeks, where COVID restrictions are being lifted, start bringing guests back on. 
And it's interesting that you bring up daydreaming as a kid. All right. Because in one of the last episodes that I was listening to, it's one of the things that Seth Ferrosi, the bodybuilder, the main host, talks about. And he gets on there and he talks about we raise kids to say you can be anything in the world that you want to be. Mm-hmm. I always told my dad growing up I was going to go play quarterback at Notre Dame and with my first check in the pros, I was going to buy him a boat. Well, that obviously, neither one of those happened. Um, but that's how we raise kids. You can do anything you want to do because we don't want to put them in a in a bag and say, this is all you have available to you. Mm-hmm. But when you get to the being an adult, you get to the point where you're no longer allowed to do that. What? You are told this is a societal norm. Stick to it. Seth talks about all the time. He talks about when he took the two grand or $2,500 that he had to his name and him and Bob started this clothing company called all American roughneck. They put every penny they had into the business Mm -hmm. and every family member, every friend, everybody said, you guys are idiots. This will never work. Get a job. You were making good money. And they were like, they stuck their middle fingers up. They said, no, we're doing this. We believe in us. Okay. This, uh, this is something that we've been picturing and they went for it and they shot from the hip and it hit that hit. Then they went and started Axon Sledge, a supplement company, all these different things. And it's really, really cool because one of the things that Seth Ferrosi says, is, I, I don't care how big of a house I live in. I don't care how nice of a truck I have or how many cars I own. I will always take pride in having a full pantry. Because I remember what it was like to daydream about having a full pantry. Oh, wow. Okay. He's got three kids now. And he'll look at a pantry and see a full pantry in it. Like, it, it brings him joy. Like, that's what, he, that's what he dreams about. Mm-hmm. So, the fact that you, and, and, and I mean, I, I circled it and I underlined it five times in a pink pen. I literally wrote, don't stop daydreaming in my notebook now. Okay. Because I think that that is so strong and such a a valuable piece of of advice right not, not just to business owners not just to adults but mm. i think to the high school kids yeah i think that that's great advice for kids in college that's great advice for kids in elementary school mm. always be daydreaming right because i think it helps you to be like creative too and if you think about it because it's like um think like the like elon musk for example like you know his take on even trying to go to space now but his take on the tesla was like far-fetched back then like no one believed in that they were like come on guy like what so it was like he believed in that but he was creative too so it was like i feel like having that creativity from daydreaming helps you be innovative in a sense too so it was like you never know what idea might stick to where it might become you know a multi-million dollar company or a billion dollar company so it's like, I feel like we have to get back to that creativity as even as adults sometimes too, because we can get so caught up in our, our day-to-day, you know, our jobs or family or whatever the case may be. So it's like you get routine oriented that you forget to, you know, kind of tap into your, your kid's side in a sense and, you know, still use your creativity, your imagination um, to kind of, you know, foster these, these dreams or these visions that you might have. Um, so I, it's definitely something I need to get back to doing as well. So I'm glad, like, when you told me, like I said before, that you wanted to talk about, you know, envisioning and daydreaming, I was like, that's a good conversation because I can definitely, you know, use that advice in my day-to-day. Um, but for you, I guess a question, we can kind of talk on this a little bit too. Like, why do you think as adults we kind of get away from the whole daydreaming aspect of, of life? To think that there are, I, I, I said it briefly, there's societal right. norms. Okay. Those societal norms, you work your nine to five, you go home, you sleep, drink, and eat on the weekends, <laughs> and then you wake up on Monday and do it all again. All right. You step out to do something out of the norm. You buy a laundromat. You start a non-for-profit. Mm-hmm. You do X, Y, or Z into the 98% of the world. Mm-hmm. Right. It's it's foolish. What are you doing? You're giving up a job that's paying you ninety thousand, a hundred thousand dollars a year. You're making good money. Mm-hmm. You're happy. You're comfortable. Well, that's just the thing. I don't want to be comfortable. 
Right. And so I, it, it takes a very certain mindset to be able to do that and mm-hmm. to think that doing that's a good idea. Right. But that's the reality of it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I think a lot of success stories come from, you know, giving up that nine to five where you're making six figures and actually following, I guess, your heart in a sense, or, you know, your your dreams in a sense, and that dream panning out to be, you know, a multi-million dollar company or, you know, a, a passion project that becomes, you know, something that affects the world in a positive way. So um, I think at times you have to kind of get away from that routine, like you're saying, and and kind of get back to your daydream and your vision and kind of, you know, following that. Because at the end of the day, if, even if it doesn't work out, I feel like it would still be more worthwhile than you, you know, working at nine to five and always wondering like, what if, you know? So that's, that's the important piece I want to touch on. You know, you okay. mentioned, hey, it turned into a multi-million dollar company. Right. And it absolutely can. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you got to look at the other side. And I think that it has to be considered at the very least. Okay. So many businesses come and go and they fail and they drop. Right. I think that the true test of a man, I say a man, but it could be a woman. It's just easier to, you know, I don't want to say gender neutral person, whatever, but <laughs> you know, the true test of a man is what does he do when the thing goes to shit? Yeah. Okay. You, you, you know, knock on wood, you start a non-for-profit and no one shows up to the first event. Mm-hmm. Okay. Do you put your tail between your legs and not have another event? All right. No, you stand there, realize what happened, make your adjustments, post your second event and say, I need at least 10 people here. <laughs> and you go on to the third one, you know, yeah. you make small improvements every day. Right. And I think that that's the true test of a man is what does he do in the face of failure? Mm. So yeah, when I'm daydreaming, I absolutely am not thinking about what am I going to do when my landscaping company doesn't work out or what am I going to do when my laundromat blows up, you know, that's part of my daydream. But I think it's important to have that plan as you kind of go through things. Mm -hmm. Okay. If this goes to shit, what's plan B? Mm. And there are people that don't believe in a plan B and there's a time and a place for that. Right. You know, the old adage of burn the boats, I'm a big believer in, but I, I in business, you, you got to have contingencies. Right. Right. And like you, like you said, like not everyone's first business has panned out to be successful. Like most of the, you know, success stories you hear it is like, all right, I started five businesses. They all failed, but that six or seven one kind of like hit the ground running. And that's where I kind of, made my money from so it's like like you said you can't really give up and uh you know when failure comes you know you got to find a way to pivot and all right so what's what's next what adjustments can i make what what else can i implement what people can i bring on board to kind of make this next venture a success you know so you can't really just let that one business that kind of burn to the ground you know kind of get in the way of being successful you kind of have to use that as you know motivation to you know, make the next or next three or the next four business that you open up, you know, that's success. I mean, shit, look at Matt Ballard. Matt Ballard's had, what did he say, four or five companies? Oh, yeah, yeah. And he finally is like, this is the one. Right, right. You know, it's, it's a perfect example of exactly what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. And I want to touch on it. Um, I I think it's appropriate to to mention, I'm not going to go too in-depth with it, But I think it's appropriate to mention since he brought it up and he posted on his Instagram, uh, Matt Ballard, for those of you that don't know, I'm assuming most of you probably do. The people that listen to this have been pretty much tagging along for a while. Uh, But we had Matt back on episode 11, just if you want to go back and listen for those of you. And I'd recommend that conversation to everybody. Matt mentioned starting out a group of schools in different poverty-stricken third-world countries. It was, I actually believe he said it was his life's goal and his life's mm-hmm. mission at this point. Correct me if I'm wrong there, Dan. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that is pretty much coming to fruition here, mm. which is unbelievable to me. And I, I really, really try not to say that word. 
I hate the word unbelievable because it happens and you're looking at it. it it's the most, it's quite literally believable. Right. But that daydream for Matt coming to fruition is pretty unbelievable. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. Matt is such a hardworking guy and, and he's been daydreaming of this for years. Mm-hmm. And so the fact that he's kind of got getting the team in place, and I actually told him, I'm trying to remember, uh, if you give me two seconds here couple of the countries because like i said he's looking at third world countries mm-hmm. he's looking at haiti uganda and liberia and i actually told him i said hey man when the time comes you let me know i'll go out there with you yeah that I, I i don't have anything financially to offer you right now <laughs> but if you want someone to go out there and, and put a shovel in the ground or someone to go out there and lay a brick right it matters a, a man with a mission that i will follow that I believe in. Right. And, right. It, and it's important to surround yourself with those people. Matt's someone that has supported us since since the second he found out about the podcast. Matt was all about it. Mm-hmm. And I think it's important to support those people around you in their daydreams, especially as they come to fruition. For sure. For sure. Yeah. And even I saw that he posted that too. And I hit him. I was like, yo, man, let's go. Like, congrats. And I was like, yo, let me know if there's anything I can do to help. And so, like, I definitely, I know he talked about it on his episode. And I think he said it will be like a way to pay homage to his father in a sense. Yep. Too. Um, so that's amazing that he's getting that up and running. Like, I can't wait to see, you know, him breaking ground on that first school or second school, third school be, you know, um, a good feeling. I'm sure for him, but on the, from the outside looking in, it'll be a good feeling just to see him accomplish everything he kind of set his mind to. And, um, yeah. So, and there's there's a couple of things that go with that. I'm going to backtrack a little bit back to the HWMF podcast. Okay. The episode that I'm listening to right now is with a guy, a gentleman named David Allen. David Allen owns a custom suits, uh, like a uh, dress suit okay. company out in Pennsylvania, the Pittsburgh area. Uh, become super popular. He's huge with WWE wrestlers, mm-hmm. big with other pro athletes, superstars, stuff like that. Uh he and it's guy i would recommend listening to this episode it's one of the very few super serious episodes that they've had and i'm through like 47 48 episodes whatever it is and it's really been probably the most serious episode that i've heard and they still are they're still dicking around dropping f-bombs here and there whatever but one of the things david allen talks about is like no i don't think you guys understand he was in medical sales and he's like dude i was making two hundred and fifty thousand dollars a year Mm. And kind of started some side businesses, doing a couple side hustles, realized that there's good money in suits, wound up getting canned. Got, he got fired from his medical sales job because he was doing all the suit stuff on the side. And they're like, hey, that's not cool. So they canned him and actually got tattooed on his arm, negative $86. And I think it's like 40 cents or something because he went to buy groceries and that's what he had in his bank account. He got that tattooed on his arm. <laughs> yep. Wow. Never want to forget it. And so I think for him, that kind of pays homage to the the empty pantry thing that Seth Ferrosi talks about. Mm-hmm. But he went from there to now being quite literally John Cena, the wrestler, being John Cena's sole suit uh, supplier. Okay. John Cena own, owns like 280 or 50 something suits from David Allen. Wow. That's all he wears. Mm-hmm. And so... He talks about, David Allen, this is, talks about what happens when you become successful. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's actually one of the things where he talks about, you know, how there is a, a, a societal norm as to what we're supposed to do as, as adults and the routes we're supposed to take. So he talks about, you know, when you first leave that job, you know, mm-hmm. there's people in your life, you have a lot that say, in the very beginning, you know, this guy's an idiot, never should have left. Okay, cool. That's fine. Then you get a little more successful, start making some money. Those same people start saying, he'll fail. It's okay. Don't worry. He's, he's not going to get anywhere. Then you pass them up. You start making more money than them. And those same people are saying, I can't wait for him to fail. And I'll laugh in his face. And he goes, and then you hit the point where you're so successful that those people are now hitting you up on Instagram or shooting you texts like, hey, do you remember when we were friends back in elementary school? Like, you want to go get dinner sometime? And it's just like the whole time he's just daydreaming about, I know where this is going to go. I know where this is going to 
feed me. Okay. And it, it's just interesting that there's there's people always biting at your ankles and there's naysayers and all these things. Okay. And that's why I really, really try to surround myself with the right group of people. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, I, and, and you'll attest to this. I think that, you know, a lot of the people I surround myself with mm-hmm. are people that really lift you up. Yeah. Um, you know, you, you've, you've obviously met Charles, you've met a, a couple of the other people that we've had on this podcast. They're, they're people that when they see success, whether you are working at a laundromat or you get promoted from janitor to head janitor, whatever it is, they're picking you up and they're saying, Hey man, I'm so proud of you. Congrats. It's awesome. And it's one of the things that Seth Ferrosi talks about in that same podcast. You go buy a new car. Hell yeah, man. I want to, let's get in. Let's take a ride. I want to see it. You go buy a new house, dude. That's so cool. Let's have a barbecue. I'll cook whatever it is. Like, surround yourself with people that not only support your daydreams but then like like buy into them too like they're there for it you know what i mean Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah so that's yeah so that's good that you said that especially i want to kind of use your word let let me backtrack a little bit to what you just said um and so it's like i think daydream allows you to kind of um develop a goal right maybe like an end-all goal and having that goal allows you to, when those distractions do come, whether it be people hit, hitting you up or people saying like, oh, that doesn't make sense. That would never work. It allows you to go back and have like that tunnel vision where it's like, all right, I see my goal right in front of me. I'm going to block out all like the um, the noise and I'm just focused on, you know, where I'm trying to get to. And once you get to that point, then you're like, all right, now you can look back and be like, all right, not that I told you so, but I'd be like, all right, well, I'm glad I kind of stayed focused and, you know, didn't let those distractions kind of get in the way. Um, but then like going back to what you're saying about having that support system is definitely key because I think even at times we can kind of get in our own way to where it's like, you know, all right, well, maybe I keep referring to nonprofits. So I'll keep that. Um, I'm like, oh, well, maybe the nonprofit won't work out, but then I have people like yourself or other people that are like, dude, like, what are you saying? Like, this is like going to change so many lives or you can't let that get in your, in your head. Like you got to think of like, you know, even if you do help people out, you know, the end all goal of being to help people out and you can't let that fear of it not working out kind of get in the way so people kind of like picking you up when you kind of like are down in a sense when it comes to your you know idea or your your daydream um is definitely helpful um because sometimes people like if you know would be like yeah you're right that's a stupid idea i'm like i don't want people like that in my life i want people to be like nah damn let's go like, like let's get it like get back to the plan like get back on you know your grind and just focus on what you're trying to do. So having that support system and that I always call them like, you know, that cheerleading squad that would like cheer you up, cheer you on when you're kind of like, you know, on that last, you know, mile run, you're trying to finish up strong. So it definitely comes in, comes in handy. And I, but I do think that there's a place for realism. Uh, yeah. You know, as we're sitting here talking about daydreaming, I have never been Sally go lucky everything's okay. It's the world's sunshine and rainbows because it's not. Right. Shit happens. The world is tough. Life is hard. Yeah. yeah. So I, I'm all big believer in having the realistic expectations along with it. Mm-hmm. Understanding in those realistic expectations, this is where I plan to take this. This mm-hmm. is where I anticipate this going. This is how I want this to go. Right. But then also having someone at the same time is like, hey, here's what could go wrong. Not that it will. Mm-hmm. but here's what could go wrong. I'm going to buy into this with you. And we're like, I'm going to support you wholeheartedly, but have this in the back of your mind too, that like, Hey, X, Y, and Z could still hit the fan. So I think that there's, there's a place for that. Uh-huh. Um, and I, and I do tend to, I, I try to think somewhat objectively when mm-hmm. I, when I have these big grandiose ideas, which I have quite often, but like I said, just having, even if it's not necessarily you, mm-hmm. but someone that can kind of rein you back in to reality in a sense, right? While still supporting you is is it's rare, but it's very important. Right, right. No, I definitely, I definitely agree with that. Um, I definitely agree with that. But I think a question that I have, as far as what you were kind of talking about a little bit earlier. Why do you think at times, you know, people try to distract you from your your goal or your your daydream? Is it jealousy or is it just 
you know, this is the way the world is nowadays. Why do you think that is? So I think I have a twofold answer. I think the first part is you look at parents are oftentimes the biggest naysayers. Mm. Um, some of the best business advice I ever got growing up was if you're going to start a business, don't tell your parents about it. Yeah. Um, I mean, God, when I started up my first personal training company, I really didn't tell my parents until it was going pretty much mm-hmm. because I was like, I was making great money at crunch. I was still in school. I could hear the conversation play out in my head. All right. I'm like, it's not worth it. I know that this is going to work. This is what I want to do. And so I did it. And I was like, I'll deal with the repercussions later. Awesome. From that standpoint, from that point of life, coming from a parent, it's protective. And I, for the most part, yeah. With a with a healthy parental relationship, that is. When you have a good relationship with your parents, that naysaying per se is protective. Mm-hmm. They want to see you have a healthy lifestyle and to see you not be stressed out about everything. From the out from outside of the family unit, I don't want to say jealousy. Mm-hmm. But I think more so just like a lack of belief in themselves. So when you have someone naysaying what you can do, I think it's because they believe they couldn't do it. Right. Or they wouldn't want to, or they just wouldn't. So they believe and they portray that you couldn't, wouldn't, and won't. Right. And that's just kind of always been my take on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that second part um, for sure. Because I think, you know, people seeing that you're kind of pushing through that, I call it at times like uncomfortability in a sense. Um, because you're, like you said, I mean, you could be leaving that six figure job to start like your own business. So it was like you've been com- comfortable with that, you know, that salary for a long time. And now you're starting a new business that, you know, you don't know how it's going to pan out. So it's like, um, people seeing you do that and kind of like, you know, like you said, doing what they wish they had the nerves to do sometimes is like, you know, following their dreams and, you know, not really having the cojones to do so. <laughs> um, definitely, um, definitely them, I guess, then be like, nah, they can't do it. If I can't do it, like they can't do it. So yeah, there's no way they could. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, but yeah, even as kids, sometimes I think parents get in the way because I hear stories about like, especially from my teacher friends, they're like, yeah, I have a kid that, you know, wants to be an artist when he grows up. And, like the parents are like, come on, that's not going to make any money. So they're like, they try to protect them in a sense from that too, because they're like, no, how about you like, you know, focus on being a lawyer or focus on being a doctor, like something that would actually allow you to have a sustainable life when it comes to, you know, how much you make in a sense. And not like, you know, just following your dreams, which is, you know, the kid loves to paint or loves to draw. So, you know, they're like, nah, you shouldn't. That, that's a hobby. Like, get away from that. Like, focus on something that's more sustainable um, as a career. So I feel like parents can get in the way sometimes. But, you know, for most parents, if they really believe in their kid and want their kid to just be happy, like, they'll support them either way, you know. Oh, no, I completely agree with you. What's yeah. really cool to me is I was listening to this. I stopped and got pizza on my way home from work because I'm a fat little girl. <laughs> and I was listening to this episode with a guy, David Allen, mm. uh, HWMF. And, and they were talking. One of the things that he said, as I'm sitting there staring at my pizza, pulling out of the parking lot, he's like, if you think about it, everything that's ever been, anything you own, anything you wear, drink, eat, whatever, yeah, yeah. was an idea. Yep. yep. And, and for a little while, for however long, that's all that it was. Yeah. An idea. Someone had to act on it. Someone had to produce it. Someone had to make it. Whatever. And it's really, really cool to me to sit there and be like, like that one, it gave, like gave me chills as I'm sitting there. Like I just paid, you know, whatever it was, 20 bucks for this pizza and cheesy bread. <laughs> and I'm like, damn, how many people across the country just bought $20 worth of pizza and cheesy bread? Yeah. yeah. Now combine that with how many people did get the cheesy bread and how many people only got cheesy bread. Like, all from an idea like mm-hmm. that was that one like Dan near gave me chills driving driving home i'll tell you yeah. that yeah that's funny you said that because i was just driving the other day too and i was like man i'm driving right now just in that car like 
you think of like the evolution of transportation when it comes to like horse and buggy to now <laughs> you have, you're able to drive a car. So it was like stuff like that. I'm like, like you said, it started as an idea and someone like took that idea and kind of like ran with it in a sense to where it's like, now we have, you know, the capabilities to, to drive a car and, you know, fly planes and trains and all that, you know, jazz. So like you said, sometimes uh, the greatest benefit to the world starts as an idea, you know, and people kind of, you know, running from running off of that idea and making it, you know, more advanced. So it's, it's crazy. So you never know what idea you may have that might become something that changes the world. So. Wow. Yeah. All right. I mean, I, I think that that pretty much encapsulates everything that I want to talk about today. I mean, did you have anything else particular you wanted to touch on? Oh, I wanted to go more into like visualization was kind of like touches on daydreaming, but um, I was kind of doing some research for the podcast. So I was like, I wrote down some notes, but uh, as far as visualization, I think uh, one of the things I wrote down, it'll, uh, it allows you to unlock uh, an essential component in goal setting. So um, when you see like where you want to be like long-term, then it like, all right, allows you to kind of lock in, you set that goal and you kind of set, you know, markers, I guess, along the way to kind of like shows like progress to get into that goal. So I think that's very beneficial. Um, and it also helps you as far as like envisioning, um, allows you to make decisions or adjustments now that can help you in the long term. So it's like, all right, say if I want to be a lawyer and I'm in, you know, middle school, then I know, all right, I got to go to college. All right. So I know I got to get good, I got to get, get good grades now. Uh, to make it into a good college, then to make it into law school, then to eventually become a lawyer. So that adjustment as a kid to make good grades allows them then to, you know, get into the the good school and then eventually become a lawyer. So um, making decisions now can definitely impact, you know, your um, your future in a sense. Um, and even if you do something negative, like, you know, you hear so many like athletes sometimes, you know, get into trouble in college that could have ended their career or not even jumpstarted their career. So it was like one bad decision can definitely, you know, ruin your dream in a sense. Put you um, in a jail cell in Russia. Okay. <laughs> too soon. Too soon. I was thinking, you know, somebody's stealing laptops out of college and then they end up doing jail time or something like that. Um, you got Cam Newton, the Heisman. Well, that, yeah, okay. <laughs> but no, I, I mean, I, I get what you're saying. You know, exactly. having yeah. long-term in mm -hmm. mind when you act. Right. And it's, that's not just an action thing. I think that that's a life thing. All right. You know, one thing with business, what you find is the people that are uber successful are the ones that start at my age, mm -hmm. if not younger getting your first rental property in your twenties, starting your first business or acquiring your first business in your twenties, right. because it compounds long-term. Mm -hmm. You look at, there's a reason that youth crime is so important to, I don't want to say fight, but to try and prevent. Mm -hmm. And I think that's part of the, and I'll, you know, I'll say this might be shooting from the hip here, but it's one of the reasons that I believe so wholeheartedly in what Jalem does, Jalem Robinson with Bubba. Mm -hmm because he's working with the youth long term these things compound right whether that's money or actions or beliefs or whatever it is the longer that you believe it or the longer that you do it and stand by it and do it fully and wholeheartedly mm -hmm. the stronger it'll be and the better the results or worse if you're on the other side of things All right Jalen talked about the the juvenile detention center that I drive by every day mm. he's like dude that's a breeding ground for prison that's all it is because these kids have actions that have led them to that point. And then rather than addressing the actions, we punish them for them. And then that punishment compounds over time. These kids wind up in jail for the rest of their lives. Right. Right. It's never ending cycle. Exactly. It's a, and that compounding effect just gets either substantially worse or substantially better with time, mm -hmm. depending on the direction that you're in, unless something stops you in the way. All right. So I think that having that that visualization and that realization that this is where I want to be, mm -hmm. I need to start now so that these actions and these results can compound long-term to put me in position X rather than position Y. Yeah. Does that make sense? 
Yeah, definitely. Definitely. That's uh, spot on for sure. For sure. And there's even like tools you can use. Like, I know this is kind of like an archaic thing, but vision boards, you know, back in the day when you used to cut out, you know, uh, whether it's like a car, like it tends to be like materialistic thing, but, but it could be like, you know, anything really. So, you know, create that vision board. I created one for like the first time, like last year. And it was like some materialistic thing, but it was other things that, you know, I see myself accomplishing, you know, long-term. So even having that to refer back to when you do lose sight of your, you know, your goal or, you know, certain things you have visualized for yourself, you can always refer back to that, you know, and look at it. But all right, all right, let me get back to, you know, what I'm trying to accomplish right now. Um, and journaling too, like writing down what you want out of your life, you know? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, so that goes a long way. That's something I do, you know, religiously now. Um, so that definitely helps. So those, those are kind of like two things, you know, I use to kind of help with visualization, um, which are very, very beneficial. And then, I mean, that also plays into like, you know, law, law of attraction and manifesting things that you want out of your life, which is like, you know, the more spiritual side of it, um, especially when it comes to law of attraction, they say like, you know, I guess it's like a philosophical term. So it's like, if you think negative, then most likely negative things are going to happen. If you think positive, most likely positive things, positive things are going to happen. So just kind of make sure you um, are, you know, controlling your, not controlling your thoughts, but trying to think more positively than, than negatively. Directing them, I think would be right. pretty solid verbiage there. Directing where yeah. you want your thoughts to go, and then that will direct where your, th- your actions will go. Yeah. I think it falls right in line with actions come from identity. Okay. We talked about it earlier. Mm-hmm. My identity is a, in a shitty spot. I'm a, I'm a terrible human. I make bad decisions. I have no morals. Right. You will act as a shitty person with bad intentions and no morals. Mm-hmm. So I think that the law of attraction is absolutely, I, I won't say 100% accurate. Right. You know, anything in life is 100% foolproof. There's medical miracles and whatever and X, Y, and Z that happen. But I will say that the law of it, there's a lot of truth behind it. Mm-hmm. When you think good things, you'll act in good ways. Right. And nine times out of 10, I think good things will come. Yeah. Yeah. It was, um, it's crazy. I was listening to uh, a, a um, old Jim Carrey interview when he wrote himself a $10 million check. It's like before he even got like anything, like whether it be like a uh, starring roles or t- TV shows, whatever the case may be. Yeah, he was broke. He was dead broke. And he wrote himself like a $10 million check. And he was like, I think a few, like a, a year or two later, he booked like The Mask or something like that and made his first like starring role in the movie. So it was like, there's so many stories like that, you know, across the board. So it was like, like you said, it's kind of like believing in, in yourself in a sense and believing in, you know, your your goal and your, the outlook that you want for yourself can definitely you know, go a long way. And even like having positive self-talk, you know, is uh, which I always, you know, harp on. Uh, <laughs> Cause it's like, you know, you gotta, you gotta think positively in a sense, in a sense to kind of um, talk positively to yourself and to others. So that goes a long way. I believe. I know Justin is still like this guy. <laughs> he talks to himself. <laughs> it's, it's funny. I actually wrote, uh, it's the fourth piece that I wrote down is Dan talking to himself. And I all purposely didn't bring it up because I wanted to see if you would. Oh, all the time. All the time. All the time. Um, Pretty much hit every point that I was looking to hit. Yeah. Is there anything else on daydreaming or visualization? Anything else that you really wanted to hit on? No, I mean, that was it. That was... um. It's a good good topic of you know conversation. Oh, also, um, what I wrote down, accountability. It allows you to be hold yourself accountable. So it's like you can never blame others for your goal or for not reaching your goal or your um your dream. In a sense, you got it's it's on you. In a sense, so it was like accountability. I wrote down was a big thing. I even like underscored it like ten times. So underline it. I should say. I don't know how to say underscore, but and I think that. It kind of goes two ways. It's why I'm relatively public about what I do. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm not one of those people that are like, oh, if you hide, you act in private so no one knows what your next move is. I don't. To an extent, I agree with that one. You know, I, I'm not out here. I'm not out here blasting every move that I'm going to make to everyone out there. Right. But to my close circle, I I have no problem telling you guys what I'm planning on doing, where my moves are, 
I want to know your inputs, all those things, because you folks then keep me accountable other than just myself. Yeah. So I think that that's, that's twofold as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I agree with that. Like some things I do keep privately until it becomes like something that's gaining traction, but like with the nonprofit, for example, I think I started telling people once I'd be like, once I actually started working on it, it's always, all right, this is a way for people to, you know, hold me accountable. Hey, so I was a nonprofit going, I'm like, all right, let me get back to work because (laughs) I've been doing it for a long time. So um, that definitely makes sense when it comes to that. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was that was all I had. All right, we are going to end today with the same way we end every podcast. I don't know why I act like it's a different thing. Uh, mm-hmm. With a question from the big book from Target, 3,000 questions about me. This one is question 2737. Okay. Do you think it's a thin line between love and hate? <laughs> oh, wow uh me personally no i think that it's a pretty big line i think there's a pretty big gap between love and hate but i don't think that one requires all too much thought behind it well can you hate someone and love someone the same person nah, no i would say no i really go out of my way to try not to hate anybody i yeah. just like plenty of people i'll say that but okay uh i try not to hate anyone yeah, hate's a strong word. Yeah, and the other thing is I try to love everyone. Yeah. Everyone needs it. You never know who's hurting, who's got what going on. Right. Uh, you know, so much as a smile and a wave on yeah. the street could mm-hmm. be what stops someone from killing self, killing themselves that day. All right. Uh, All right. And yeah, sure, I'm sure, that's probably a hyperbolic situation and example, mm-hmm. but I'm sure it's happened. Right, right. And I, I'm the same way, too. I'm like... I try to live out of love, and they say, like, give what you want to receive. So it's like, I always try to give love because I want love back in a sense. Not necessarily that I'm doing it to get love back, but that's just how I kind of operate nowadays. Because like you said, like, life is too short. Like, I don't want something to happen. Uh, say if I get into a fight with, like, my partner or, you know, a friend or whatever the case may be, and, you know, something happens that night where, you know, they pass away like i don't want that to be the last you know exactly thing that i have with that person so i'm always trying to end any you know beef or you know fight or disagreement with a partner for sure at, at the end of the night I'm like, all right let's just go to bed you know on equal playing field and i just try to you know still just live by love because that goes further than hate will ever go you know so i feel like the world needs more love I feel like there's a lot of people, you know, living out of hate, out of pain, but that's just, you know, my two couldn't, cents. Couldn't agree more. Uh, your two cents is worth about three or four there, because I'll combine it with mine. Nice. <laughs> All right. Guys, thank you for listening. This has been episode, yeah. I don't remember, 15? 15, yeah. Uh, you know, look forward to hearing, catching you guys next week. Let's see if we can get a guest on for next week. We don't have anything lined up just yet. All right. Oh, I go ahead. All right, guys. We'll catch you next week. All righty. See ya.